Songezo mapete on the viewpoint. Songezo mapete on the viewpoint. Good evening again, everybody. In celebration of Women's Month, Stellenbosch University is shining a spotlight on the exceptional woman of our institution. One such woman is Professor Shahida Musa, as the university celebrates the remarkable achievements of female academics with this series of profiles. They also illustrate and illuminate the transformative power of mentorship. As an internationally trained clinical or clinician scientist and head of the Rare Disease Genomics Research Group at Stellenbosch University's Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences, Professor Musa combines clinical work as head of medical genetics at Tigerberg Hospital where she regularly sees patients with cutting-edge research into undiagnosed rare diseases. I am absolutely not going to pretend I know what any of this is all about, for I am absolutely not a scientist. I will tell you a thing or two about me, though. I'm a proud Marty, more especially when I engage such fellow proud Martys. Prof. Musa, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, and thank you for having me on your show. It's lovely to speak to you. Fantastic achievement. Let's talk about what all of what I've said is about. Specifically, let's talk about the research group, Rare Disease Genomics. What is that? It's a research group that I established <clears throat> when I came back to South Africa and set up my lab at Stellenbosch University's um, Biomedical Research Institute. You should come and visit us. It's a brand new building. You wouldn't recognize it uh, at the Faculty <laughs> of Medicine and Health Sciences. Um, we do lots of cutting edge research into undiagnosed diseases, people with undiagnosed diseases using cutting edge genomics. That's looking at a person's genetic information, their whole genome to try and find a spelling error or some rearrangement that explains why somebody's different to what we expect them to be. Often my patients are, you know, they present with so many different uh, problems and issues and they've been to seven or eight or 10 different other doctors and they end up in my clinic and we have the technology now in the BMRI to be able to help them to find their diagnoses. It is such an important study, but I do wonder if whether or not you can just literally enter where you are now, or do you almost have to work with the patient from birth? Here's why I ask. I mean, study of genetics, we all have our genetic components and they don't change, our genetics don't change, but would it help if, say, there was a more public health sector or even private healthcare sector, but access to a repository of information that would facilitate the easier or quicker or more accurate, if even that is possible, research in the study of the genetics so that one can track, if not trace, or work with the growing patient and then engage at that stage if there are the kinds of threats of rare diseases in the offing as opposed to responding to what needs intervention, in other words, medical oh, treatment. Yes, oh, definitely. You've, you've just hit the nail on the head there. We um, are aiming to have better access, more equity, so that testing can be done earlier. The earlier diagnosis is made, the earlier we can make a, a proper and appropriate management plan, the earlier we can start treatment. Um, mm. The earlier the family can get accurate information, they can get genetic counseling, they can plan for future pregnancies, other people can do family planning, you know, we can make a plan for the child or the individual, and the earlier the diagnosis is made, the better. We also strive, you know, really uh, for for prevention instead of trying to cure something, and so the earlier we can tackle things, always better. 
and if we can prevent something and we can prevent suffering or we can prevent you know cognitive decline or we can prevent prevent some morbidity uh we can prolong life and we can especially improve the quality of life that is what we are aiming for and the earlier you do the genomic testing the better this is actually a quadruple burden of disease. It's one of the four quadruple burdens of disease. And South Africa has a high incident of that. What is that largely attributed to? Is it lack of detection in the nascent phases of such medical conditions that manifests mm-hmm. as these diseases now, chronic diseases, quadruple burden on our healthcare system that becomes so much more of an, a spend or is it largely a reflection of otherwise treatable diseases, if you will, but perhaps healthcare and related advocacy is missing, critically missing to the point then it begets this aspect or this element of the quadruple burden of disease. I heard that do-do sound. I hope that's the doc not disappearing on us. Doc, you heard me? Combination of both. Um, it's definitely a combination of both. We unfortunately do not have access um, countrywide to the kind of technology, the kind of resources, the kind of medical professionals, the kind of healthcare that is necessary for our patients to be uh, detected, diagnosed, and treated um, as early as they need to be. There's also no public health um, policy with regards to rare diseases or genetic conditions. So we are failing our population of approximately 4 million people with rare diseases in South Africa by not having even you know, the, 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 the bare policies to be able to prioritize their access to, to the testing and the treatments that they need um, to live a better quality of life. I'm looking at the staff that are part of this research group, um, and, and it's just amazing. You are, of course, <laughs> the head thereof. Wonderful Choga, Alana Teron, Rafia Ishmael, Jessica Komik, Tandogazim Velashe, Jody North, Aspen Hendricks, Ndumisoha David, Siamo Mutsuane, Kami Fantonder, Dini Rasmus. Young people, they all have young profiles. What does this auger for the institution, but specifically from where it is housed in the biomedical research component. How do we take what these young minds are doing, not just for the benefit of Stellenbosch, for instance, for the broader city of Cape Town and Cape Winelands um, municipalities, because there are some serious interventions that can be made there, given the inequalities and related disparities of just those geographies, if you will, before it then becomes a matter for the broader province or medical research council or even national department of health how can we leverage these young people with their enthusiasm with their skills and everything for the immediate catchment area of where this is taking place you're absolutely right we don't have to leave our doorsteps to know that the need is really urgent and there's so many people within you know a few kilometers of the hospital sometimes even walking distance of the hospital that need our our expertise um the young people that i work with are all extremely talented they're all extremely enthusiastic they're all extremely devoted to the families that they know need their help um they are learning rare and scarce skills that they can't get um, almost anywhere else in southern africa and so they are really pioneering clinical genomics and clinical bioinformatics to be able to um, set up the the resources that we need, set up the infrastructure that we need so that we're ready for when these, these tests are going to be able to be rolled out more widely, not only across South Africa, but across Southern 
and Sub-Saharan Africa, which is the plan um, as we move forward. The undiagnosed disease program started at Tigerberg Hospital and our feeder hospitals, Worcester and Pal. Um, and we've moved rapidly in the last three years to cover the rest of South Africa into, into Southern Africa. And we are moving even into East and Central Africa um, to be able to help countries where they don't have access to, to the technology and the skills and um, expertise that are available within our BMRI and specifically within my research group, Red Disease Genomics. So all the people that you see on the on the website um, are involved in Red Disease Genomics in some way or the other, um, either as PhD students or master students. Um, they learn how to, to use the computer in order to be able to help people to understand their, gen their genetic information, the genomic information. Mm -hmm. I also co-supervise students who are doing their masters um, of arts in psychology who are really uh, trying to understand what the challenges are faced by, for example, family caregivers of children with rare diseases. Um, so we, we, you know, we're not just looking at somebody's genetic information. We're also trying to do, do a holistic and or get in a holistic understanding of what the families face, what challenges uh, there are, and how we can set up um, things to help them not only within the hospital but within the community, um, so that they not only the person who gets the diagnosis gets a better quality of life, but the family in, uh, as a whole can can lead a better quality of life. You know, as you're speaking, I'm, I was actually reminded of a conversation I would have had. It would have been no later than 2008, simply because of where I was living at the time. And I had a conversation with a certain doctor from one of the smaller towns there, from Staterheim, in fact. It's Umagala, Dr. Cole, C-O-L-E. And when I was just engaging him, because I'm a curious fellow, I think, and I asked him, what is it that perhaps medicine is teaching him now, because we're in 2008 and he's been in the industry for, say, 30 years? His remark was, and it dovetails in part to what I believe your institution would be looking at or should, should, might look at. I don't know if should is the word. But he had said the interesting thing was how at the time, late 2000s and late noughties, his black patients or African patients were presenting with kinds of diseases, and he mentioned specifically diabetes and cancer that for the longest time were not readily anyway associated with an African patient. What is medicine now that we have a more equal, not necessarily a fully equitable, but a more equal access to healthcare and participation in the utilization of healthcare services? Do we have the kind of intelligence that says a particular designated group has to generally be more aware of these kinds of diseases? Because I'm looking at the research projects and it says, open quote, under the umbrella of rare diseases, genomics in South Africa, we use the latest in state-of-the-art omics and new generation sequencing technologies to study African patients with genetic rare diseases. Is there something that perhaps we might want to look at and try and understand more broadly the reflections of whatever the designation is in relation to healthcare, healthcare conditions and diseases? Oh, absolutely. So. To understand where we are today, we have to look back at the history of genetics and the history of clinical genetics, medical genetics in South Africa. For, you know, since the 70s, we've been doing some kind of genetic research, some kind of genetic testing, and it's often been focused on um, sort of, you know, what we call the low-hanging fruits. So those populations in whom we could easily find the variants that were causing the disease. So we focused a lot on Afrikaners because they all, um, you know, came from a, a small 
population of people who, who landed in, in the Cape at some point. And so they share a lot of their genetic information. It was easy to find out why, for example, they present with familial hypercholesterolemia or high cholesterol levels. Um, the other groups of people, for example, Ashkenazi Jews, we knew a lot about them. They're also a small uh, community that share a lot of genetic information. So it was easy in certain populations to go in, look at their, gen look at their genes, find the, the genetic cause of the disease and set up testing for them. It's not so easy to do for the majority um, of South Africans, majority black South Africans in South Africa, because they are much more diverse. So African peoples in general are much more diverse than people that we find across the world in Europe, Japan, um, China, etc. And so just the diversity on the genomic level makes things a lot more complex for us to be able to say, okay, let's look at all 3 billion um, base pairs that they have in their gen genetic information and try and find the one spelling error that causes their, their condition. But we have the technology now. We have the technology on our campus. We have the technology in our BMRI building um, that we are able to interrogate the entire genome of a particular person, the entire genome of a particular population of people to be able to identify not only what's causing their rare disease, but those variants that might predispose them to developing cancer, for example, or diabetes mm. or any of the other sort of um, uh, chronic diseases that we face. And this is something that has not been done before. So African people have largely been ignored. Um, and I'm not only talking about South Africans, I'm talking about Africans in general. In, in the global um, research on, on genetics and genomics for the last 20 years, we are trying to change that because we realize that we are able to learn a lot more about what the genome is doing, how the genome has changed, how diverse the genome can be, um, and be able to look for new novel things that we haven't found in other populations that have been the subject of research and, and testing uh, thus far. So it's an exciting time to be a geneticist in Africa. It's an exciting time to work with African people. It's an exciting time to train African mm. geneticists and African bioinformaticians. And it's a time, thank goodness, that we are able to do things um, by ourselves as Africans for our African patients on African soil and at a, a price that's not prohibitive anymore. This time next year, we will have a new Minister of Health. I would strongly recommend, Shaida, that you put your hand forward. That all said, we congratulate you. We celebrate you. We thank you. And I'm all too tempted to actually come down to Marthys and visit that wonderful facility that you have already sold on the platform. Thank you so much, Prof. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, and you're welcome. 21 hours, everybody. That was the first hour.